Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. Now, we're going to be sharing together in this uh, semester, no, this term it is, isn't it? Not semester. This term for 10 weeks on the second coming epistles, the, uh, the epistles to the Thessalonian church. And so to start off, let's turn to the book of Revelation. Have I got your attention yet? All right, Revelation chapter 1. We're going to start there as a foundation here. And I trust that you're going to enjoy this series together on the second coming epistles. And I trust that it'll rattle your cage at times and upset some of your traditional theories. And uh, that you'll come to the unity of faith and believe what I do. Let's uh, read Revelation chapter 1, and this uh, passage, by the way, is on your note here, Revelation 1 through to 11. The Revelation, uh, I have to be careful when I say this, I don't agree with this uh, at the top of the Bible there. It's got the revelation of St. John the Divine. I don't quite agree with that. John wasn't divine. How many know that? Answer me when I ask you a question. Okay. And it's not the revelation of St. John. It was written by him. It starts off the revelation of Jesus Christ. The new King James? Yeah. Yeah, hey. Okay, let's uh, get to it. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it, signified it, signified it by signs, uh, by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and uh, literally loosed us, washed us from our, our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. And everybody said, Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, present tense, and which was, past tense, and which is to come, future tense, or the eternal, the almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard uh, behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write it in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea, and unto Waverley Christian Fellowship. 
Amen. Forgot to put our name in there. Now in our ten weeks together, we hope to answer some questions, such as, what about the second coming of Christ? And what about uh, the order of events? Uh, the last lesson that we will cover, I want to give you a sheet uh, on what I believe are the basic order of events as pertaining to the second coming. What about the rapture? Is there a secret one? Or an open one? Are the 144,000 in the rapture? Or do we rupture the rapture? Or have you got seven years tribulation, 107 years tribulation? Uh, what about the millennial kingdom? Is there such a thing or are we in the millennial kingdom now? How many think this is a beautiful thousand years of rest we're having? <laughs> I have a lot of my friends who believe we're in the millennium now and I believe the devil's bound now. So, well, if we're in the millennium and this is rest, I wouldn't like to work. And I said, what about the devil? I said, well, he's bound now. I said, well, who's deceiving the nations? They said, well, he's on a long chain. <laughs> And of course, being an Australian, I say, why don't you pull it? <laughs> and then I have to explain that in America. <laughs> because of the American, well, I have a button, we'll put it that way. <laughs> Let's go to our notes, introductory remarks. There are over 300 references to the second coming of Christ in the New Testament. That is approximately one verse out of every 13 verses speak of it, while 23 of the 27 books of the New Testament speak of it. It is a most important doctrine of the Christian church. The first coming was the proton, or the inauguration of Christ's redemptive work, while the second coming is the eschaton, or the consummation of this work. We'll be dealing a little bit more fully with that next week. Though there are about 318 references to Christ's coming in the New Testament, the major books dealing with eschatology or simply the end time events are the book of Revelation and the books of First and Second Thessalonians written by the apostles John and Paul. Now I want you to go through with me uh, on the sevenfold chain of communication of, the, of what we have in Revelation and then I want to lead back into Thessalonians and tonight is mainly foundation to what we want to share. Now if you've got your Bible open to the book of Revelation, I believe as we see here in the book of Revelation of course is the book of the second coming as I put on our notes here. Of all the books in the New Testament, as we're going to see, of all the books in the New Testament, the, the three books that uh, deal with the order of events, I believe, as I understand it, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the order of events as pertaining to the second coming of Christ, are First and Second Thessalonians, as we're going to see, and the book of Revelation. And of course, there's lots and lots of uh, different views of Revelation. Uh, I personally believe that if you've got your Bible open to chapter 1 there of Revelation, verse 10, I personally believe that verse 10 is actually the key to the book. John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So John received this book in the Spirit, and uh, the only way I believe it can be understood is by people being in the Spirit. 
Can you say amen to that? And over the years I've read probably about 50 different interpretations of the book of Revelation. And so I added 51. <laughs> and as I've read these books over the year, how many, contradict uh, how many contradictions? And I think, well, this one contradicts this one, this one contradicts, these books are so full of contradictions. And if John came back and wanted to get an exposition of the book of Revelation that he wrote, I think he would go bald <laughs> reading these 50 different interpretations and he'd think, I never meant that, I was in the spirit and these guys aren't in the spirit, they were in the flesh or they're having a trip or some, something because if John received the book in the spirit and if we are all in the spirit when we understand the book or interpret the book how many believe that the Holy Spirit doesn't have 50 different interpretations of this book? The Holy Spirit will give us all the same interpretation if we're in the Spirit. That's why I trust you end up believing what I believe. Because <laughs> either, if you don't, then it means I'm not in the Spirit. <laughs> or you're not. <laughs> or we're all not. <laughs> That's the key to the book. John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind him a voice of a trumpet. Now, on your notes there I put numbers 1 through to 7 and because I said I believe Revelation as long with the Thessalonian epistles deal with the order of events, the basic order of events, maybe not uh, full explicit details though there's enough, I believe there is a divine chain of communication, sevenfold chain of commu communication of the events pertaining to the second coming. So I want you to follow down with me on number 1, 2, 3, four, five, six, seven here as we look at this sevenfold chain of communication. All right, the first one we have here you'll notice is in verse uh, one here, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him. Okay, so God the Father. Okay, so number one it began with God. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him. God the Father gave this to Jesus Christ. He gave him the revelation. So God the Father is the source. I'd like you to put down a couple of verses in connection with that. Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 29, 29. Deuteronomy 29. And as I give you these references, you can put them along on the particular line as, uh, as necessary here. All right, so it begins with God the Father. God the Father is the source. And so Deuteronomy 29, 29, I'd like to read and give you two verses here. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed, those things that are revealed, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him. It's an unveiling. It's not the Apocrypha, it's the Apocalypse. The Apocrypha means that which is hidden but the Apocrypha is that which is unveiled, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. So the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So the book of Revelation, uh, the secret things belong unto God. God has kept th certain things in his own uh, counsels, but there are things that are revealed, they belong to us. And, the book of Revelation was sent to the churches, not sent to the world. 
And yet how many of the churches really understand that book? And I, be I believe the devil hates the book of Revelation, don't you? D don't you? Yes. Hates the book of Revelation because it ends up telling us of his final uh, judgment in the lake of fire to live unhappily ever after. And he doesn't like reading the book of Revelation and he likes to confuse the church on it. So it's a neglected and a confused book to say the least. All right, Acts chapter 15 and verse 18, you can also add to that. Acts 15. And verse 18. And here we have a verse that deals with the attributes of God, the essential attributes of God. Acts 15 verse 18, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. God is omniscient. He knows all things. So the first one in the chain of communication is God the Father who is omniscient, who knows all things. He sees all things beforehand, so God is omniscient. He knows and sees all things and therefore can foretell. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, it begins with God the Father. All right, number two. The second uh, person in this chain of communication is the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll notice the order here, God the Father, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God the Father gave to him. So this revelation was given to Jesus Christ from the Father, which God gave unto him. The Father gave it to him. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. So the Father gave to the Son. Now I want you to turn over to a couple of scriptures here that uh, you can put here. And let me read these two or three scriptures. We turn over to Psalm 100... Uh, no, let's, let's turn to Mark chapter 13. We'll put it in this order. Now how many believe, while you're turning to Mark 13, how many believe that Jesus Christ uh, on earth knew all the details of his second coming? Hands up. How many don't believe that Jesus Christ knew all the details of his second coming on earth? How many are frightened of getting caught? <laughs> Listen carefully here so we're on good sound doctrine. Jesus Christ in his humanity did not know all the events pertaining to his second coming. Now let me say it carefully. Jesus Christ in his humanity did not know all the details of his second coming when he was on earth. Okay, now listen to what the Bible says. So the revelation of Jesus Christ which God the Father gave to him. When did he give it? That's what we're going to look at in a moment. Okay, Mark chapter 13 and verse 32. Mark chapter 13, verse 32. I want you to put these scriptures on your little outline there. But of that day, now he's talking about the second coming, see? He's talking about the second coming and, the de and some of the details. But of the time, this is the issue. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, 
not the angels which are in heaven. So there's certain things God the Father has kept back from the angels. And if the angels don't know, how many know that the devil doesn't know? It's a very comforting thing, and sometimes Christians ask me this question. The devil is not omniscient, and the devil does not know our thoughts. And when we talk in tongues, he really gets mad. Especially if we're speaking in an unknown tongue, and not a tongue of earth. Because he tries to break the hotline to glory and say, I wish I knew what Kevin Connor was saying when he talks in tongues. He just seems to have a hotline right through to the Father. And he comes and whispers in me. I say, I don't even know what I'm saying myself, but it's good. Get lost. <laughs> the devil is not, the devil doesn't know. The devil is not omniscient. He doesn't know our thoughts. He knows human nature. He studied it for 6,000 years. Okay? And he can exploit human nature, but he doesn't know our thoughts. If he knew all of our thoughts, he, he would be omnipresent. He would be omniscient. How many know that God knows all our thoughts? Okay? Before we even think them. Okay, so he's talking about the second coming. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. So Jesus is saying, of the day and the hour of my second coming, the exact day, the exact hour, the angels don't even know, and I don't even know, as the Son in his humanity. Now I'll explain this in a moment. But the Father. So the Father is omniscient. He knows everything. He sent Jesus Christ to this earth to fulfill the plan of redemption, die on the cross, and uh, in the first coming, which was the inauguration, and in the second coming, which is the consummation of the inauguration of the redemptive plan. And so Jesus Christ in his humanity didn't know, all the, didn't know the exact hour and day of his coming. And then he goes on, Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. The angels don't know, the Son didn't know on earth, only the Father knew and you don't know. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey. And it was a very far journey from earth right through to the third heaven, to paradise, to, father, to the Father's throne, who left his house, the church, and gave authority to his servants, the believers, and to every man his work, function, ministry, place in the body, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I'm saying to every, everybody, watch. Now let's go over to Luke 19. Luke 19. And you can put down verses... 12 through to 15 very similar to what we've just read and he said therefore so Luke 19 verses 12 to 15 he said therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country which is heaven the heavenly country to receive for himself a kingdom 
and to return. Now see what Jesus is saying here. We have his first coming. And so he says, a certain nobleman, a certain man, went into a far country, his ascension, to receive for himself a kingdom. And once he receives the kingdom, he returns. First coming, second coming, inauguration, consummation. But he says, of the day and the hour, I don't know. And he called to his ten servants and delivered unto uh, them ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, okay, so we've got a period of time, we say approximately 2,000 years, and then 1,000 years of this kingdom, goes into a far country heaven to receive for himself a kingdom and having, rece uh, having received the kingdom he returns. Then he calls the servants to accountability. Alright, put down and we won't turn to this one. Psalm 110. Psalm 110. And verse 1 which I'll quote here. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So this is what I'm saying. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God the Father gave to him. I believe that the scripture teaches with the scriptures I've given you and a lot of others we could give that after the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and the 40 days that he was with the disciples speaking to them of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God he ascended and went into the far country, into heaven, to receive for himself a kingdom. Plus he said, I will build my church. Okay, so we had the church and the kingdom. And when he ascended up on high, I personally believe, I know there's difference of opinion on this, but I think you'll allow me to say what I believe, won't you? Thank you. I believe that Psalm 24 happened, that, uh, that as Jesus Christ began to ascend to heaven in his space suit, his glorified body, best space suit we'll ever have. But the angels, the cry began to go out through the universe, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. And then they began to sing, who is the King of glory? And then the response came, the Lord mighty in battle, he is the King of glory. And as Jesus Christ ascended up through the gates there, then the Father said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit on my right hand until I make all your enemies your footstool. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Now, this is what I believe happened. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God the Father gave to him, and that when he ascended up on high, and the Lord said unto my Lord, the Father said unto the Son, Sit on my right hand until I make your enemies thy footstool. I believe somewhere in that period of time the Father gave him the book of Revelation. Because the book of Revelation is a progressive unfolding of dealing with the enemies of Jesus Christ and putting them under his footstool. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death and the last enemy to be destroyed is the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, where he is thrown into the lake of fire.
So Revelation is a progressive unfolding of the judgments on his enemies. And when all the enemies are under his feet, he comes in power and glory. And I'm looking forward to that day, if I'm alive. Aren't you? All right, everybody comfortable so far? Thank you, Peter. I said, is everybody comfortable so far? So, number three. We better watch this one. Is this on tape, Doug? It makes me restrain myself. Okay. <laughs> May the tape self-destruct. <laughs> the third person in the chain of communication here is in verse 1, back to Revelation 1. Let's just take it carefully. It's been in your Bible. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him so God the Father gave it to the Son God has nothing to say to man apart from the Son and who did the Son give it to? To show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass and he, Jesus Christ sent and signified it let's put the next two down here sent and signified it by his angel oh his angel. Assisted. Jesus Christ, his angel. And the Greek word, as you should know from studies, particularly those in Bible college, is his messenger. And this messenger in the chain of communication now, a sinner signified by his messenger unto his servant John. So John the Apostle. Now you'll notice the chain of communication here. God the Father who's the omniscient, the source of all knowledge, knows everything past, present and future, knows all the events, all the details of Christ's first coming, second coming, everything. He gave it to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gave it to, so we have this like thing here, Jesus Christ gave it to his angel. Or his messenger, who's that? And then this messenger came and gave it to John. And let's put number five here because our time's only gone. Saved by the gong here. Uh, John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And he gave it to, verse four, John to the seven churches. And now John gives it to the seven churches. I want you to uh, put down some scriptures here with me and uh, allow me to indulge. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, you just pray for me, won't you? But I could be right. This uh, messenger is a very interesting person. He's not named, but the details about this messenger who gave this revelation to John the Apostle and then John to the seven churches, it's not an ordinary angel. Let's go over to uh, 
Let's see how we'll take this order here. Let's go to Revelation chapter 19. Just want to take it very gently so you don't get nervous. And what I suggest you do so that you convince yourself <laughs> is in connection with this messenger, if you're taking down nice orderly notes, just put down A, uh, B, C, D, E, and just some interesting things about this mysterious person. In chapter 19 and verse uh, 9, we'll just pick up and lead into verses 10, we want. And he said unto me, Write, blessed are they which you call unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true say sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said to me, See, thou do it not. I am thy right, a fellow servant. fellow servant and not only that I am of your brethren hmm angels angels our brothers brother angel come here and I'm of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus do angels have the testimony of Jesus did you know no angel is allowed to preach the gospel in the book of Acts, all an angel could ever do was give the name and address of a preacher. That's all they were allowed to do is tell Cornelius the name and address of the preacher who would give him the words of salvation. But no angel is allowed to preach the gospel. I wish they would. <laughs> then we wouldn't get into trouble. <laughs> but God's given it to human lips because we identify with you and you identify with us as human beings. You know I'm not an angel, don't you? <laughs> Thank you. Confirmation, second witness here. All right, and of thy brethren, and uh, he said, I've got the testimony of Jesus. What is the testimony of Jesus? Well, he's not saved. How many would like to have the testimony of Jesus? Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy. Write it down. Spirit of prophecy. There's some very important things there. This is the messenger that's given, giving John the book of Revelation. Now let's go over to uh, chapter 22. See if we can pick up some other interesting things about this messenger, this unnamed messenger. Revelation chapter 22, and uh, we'll pick up in verse 7. Behold, I, no, let, uh, no we, need, uh, we need a little bit more than that. We need verse 6. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel, his messenger, 
to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Okay, so the Greek word again used of either angelic beings or human beings. Sent his messenger. Sent his messenger. Then in verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, the messenger which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, Don't do it. Don't do it. Why? For I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren. So he repeats this, I'm your fellow servant and I'm your brethren. And he adds something here, I'm of your brethren, the prophets. See the Lord God of the holy prophets in verse uh, 6. And he says, I'm of your brethren, the prophets. And of them which keep the sayings of this book. All right, so this mysterious messenger is a fellow servant, he's of the brethren, he has the testimony of Jesus, has the spirit of prophecy, he's the messenger, he's of the prophets, and he keeps the sayings of this book. Now he's unnamed, but I'd like you to turn over to... Um, Book of Revelation, chapter 11, for a moment. <clears throat> and uh, there's two persons here that are unnamed, but I think everybody would know their names if I read the scripture and ask you a question. Revelation chapter 11, and we'll pick up in verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand and twelve hundred and sixty days clothed in sackcloth. These two witnesses, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Now they're not named, but see if we could, you know, pick up who they could be. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemy, enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Who is the only man that shut up heaven for three and a half years that it rain not? Elijah. Now he's not named, but it's the miracle of Elijah. Is that right? We're safe there. And uh, these have power over waters to turn them to blood. Who's the only prophet that did, did that? And to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Who did that? So, how many think you could be safe by saying two witnesses here are represented or are Moses and Elijah? Uh, not named. Although it is a peculiar thing in chapter 15, those who come out of tribulation sing the song of Moses. Let's turn over for our last moment. 
to the epistle of Jude. In the epistle of Jude and verse 14 and 15 we have another man that is named here. And just as we are saved sort of by the gong, let's me, let me just put this. In the Old Testament period of approximately 4,000 years, God took three men from earth to heaven. Back here he took a man by the name of Enoch and then later on, where do we get on here? He took a man by the name of Moses. God buried him and raised him from the dead. That's why there was a contention over the body of Moses. Isn't it interesting that in Jude, Moses and Enoch are mentioned? Then he took another prophet to heaven by the name of Elijah. When you get to the book of Revelation chapter 11, you have somebody like Moses or Moses turning the waters to blood smiting the earth with plagues as often as will. We have a man shutting up heaven that it rained not for three and a half years. Only one that ever did that, Elijah. And then we have this mysterious messenger here. And uh, Enoch figured in the plan of God and in each dispensation God has manifested translation or resurrection power. Enoch, translation without dying. Moses, resurrection, translation after dying. Elijah translation without dying, Jesus' death and ascension, death, resurrection, ascension, church, the last day church, without dying. And so we have these very peculiar words here. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam. And Revelation's the book of sevens, 57 sevens in the book of sevens. The only seven not there is seven years. That will only mean something to some of you. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, of who? Saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Why was Moses translated to heaven? He didn't finish his ministry. Why was Elijah translated to heaven? He didn't finish his ministry. Why did Moses and Elijah turn up on the Mount of Transfiguration in the first coming of Christ? In the first three and a half years. Now when we get to Revelation we see another period of three and a half years. What do you think Enoch's been doing up in heaven? Playing the harp? Sitting on cloud nine thinking, oh dear, I've been up in heaven for a long time. I believe these three men were translated from earth to heaven because God has a divine purpose and a divine ministry for them yet to fulfill. And uh, the last thing we'll say by the bell here, it's interesting that Enoch prophesied of the coming of the Lord. What coming? How many would say the second coming? The Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. So Enoch leapt way over the first coming and he left way down here and said, oh, the Lord's coming. He's the seventh from Adam, not number six. Death reigned from Adam to Enoch. No, Enoch broke the power of death. 
type of the Enoch church that will never die. And I don't think there could be any fitting person in heaven to bring to John the revelation of the second coming than the man who prophesied of it way back there and went to heaven without dying. Because he certainly was an ordinary angel. Come back next week for this exciting episode. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org where you can access PDF downloads of all of Kevin Connor's books, as well as his video training courses, including the Key of Knowledge Seminar and Foundations of Christian Doctrine.